Hey, welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope today's message encourages you and reminds you that God is working in your life. Enjoy today's message. Come on, let's thank God together. So beautiful to see. Wow. Uh, I want to give you just a couple of updates. I want you to know that um, since the hurricane happened, there have been churches and individuals both in this house and all across the country that are partnering with what God's doing through Ocean Church and giving. Uh, I got a text this morning from um, pastor friends in Louisiana and, and they they, we had filmed the thank you video and they wanted to show some pictures and so we we're getting them some of the pictures and some of the things that you just saw. But they're in Lafayette, Louisiana. Anna and I met them when we were both youth pastors and now they're the lead pastors of, of their church. And when the, when the hurricane hit, they, without even talking to us, they rallied up and sent us $15,000 just to, to sow into what God's doing here. And, and I want you to know that, that over $200,000 has come in to be able to, to partner with what God is doing. And listen to me, not just rebuilding people's homes, but rebuilding their souls, rebuilding their hearts, that they would know that God sees and He loves and that His people are filled with His love. Amen? So thank you, thank you for, because that, that, is, that is happening both in, in this house and then across the country. And, it, and it's, such, it's such a beautiful thing to be a part of. And, uh, and so I want to say thank you for all of you guys that are watching online right now. Thank you for partnering with us, church family, or if you're just tuning in today, uh, we're in a special moment. And um, hey, we're, we're, we're doing things. We're kind of moving past uh, some of the immediate uh, response places of even with our services. You know, this weekend, we're, we're back to our, our 915 and uh, our 11 a.m. service, and so we're going to continue that way. We're also going to continue um, and not, not start back our Saturday night services simply because we want to be free to be able to continue ministering in our community. We want our Saturdays to be able to be filled with going, just continuing to, to do what God's called us to do and to step through all the open doors that He has given us to, to help people. And whatever that looks like, we want to be there for it. We want to be available for it. And so for the foreseeable future, this will be our services, uh, our 9.15 and 11 a.m. on Sunday. And I'm so glad you're here. Hey, why don't you help me and stand with me? We're going to read God's Word together. And this is uh, just an impromptu series of the perspective our, our purpose is not to miss what, what God wants to do in our hearts. And there, there's such special perspective that, that you have on the backside of a storm. And uh, we're not going to miss what God's speaking to us through that. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, is the, the scripture that we're going to start from. It says this, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, will you speak to us today? Lord, we're in desperate need of being transformed by you. 
Lord, help us not stay in a place of conforming, Lord, to this world, but Lord, that, that today we would yield to your work, your process being transformed. We worship you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I like how this verse reads in the, in the New King James. The New King James says this, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It gives us this picture of being conformed to this world or being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And, and so this is the, the moment that we're in. And I want you to know, you, you cannot just live life in neutrality. You know, you, you can't just stay in this place of going like, I don't want to be conformed into this world, but I don't, I don't know yet about this whole th following Jesus and what that looks like. Like you're either being conformed to this world's image or you're being transformed into the image of God. It's either one or the other. Like there's, there's no middle ground. You can't live and stay in neutrality. This is a place where we're either being conformed or we're being transformed. And so I'm saying all this because God is, is opening our eyes in, a, in a, such a special way that we're able to, to see the, the, the formation that he's doing in us right now in a way that, that we can't get to it by more prayer, more scripture reading, that it is this place where circumstances are moved beyond our control and we're pushed to this place of how am I yielding to the work of God right now? This is what we're in. We talked about it last week and I brought, I brought my Play-Doh back. So um, there was a, so oh, let me set it up better. So last week before, um, and man, if you, if you weren't here last week, we had fun. The power went out. And we got to have, we just had fun. We had church where everybody was the worship leader. <laughs> and it was beautiful. And then it was so great, like three quarters of the way through service when we were all getting a little gamey, it was getting hot and sweaty in here. The air conditioner came back on, the power came back. And, but one of the things that happened that was, that was amazing was that uh, Pastor Phil was overseeing the service in Cape Coral that morning. And so for those of you who, who are new with Ocean Church, we, we stream our service to Cape Coral. So they're simulcasts with us. And so the 915 service, they, they, they're there for. And so um, Pastor Phil and I were, were talking before service. Uh, Pastor Kyle was, was out with his family and they were getting some family time together. So Phil was in Cape. And so on the way there, he and I were talking on the phone, and we were just digging in. And he was like, man, I was really studying the notes, and I love what, what God's speaking. Hey, and so we just started talking about it, just talking about what God's doing in us and the perspective that he's given us, and not knowing that, that we'd lose power here. And, and so I had to send Pastor Phil a text, and I was like, hey, it's a good thing we were talking about that message, because <laughs> you're about to preach it. <laughs> So, so he did. He just jumped right in and, and he preached it live in Cape and, and God moved and, and spoke. And so, but one of the things that we talked about was this principle that we see in scripture, that there are two types of formation. 
The, the, the purpose of, of your and my life, if our purpose was to be in perfection when we received Jesus, we would just go poof into heaven. But that's not what God has purposed for you and I. He, he said, I have purpose for you that my image will be formed in you in your life. And so we're in this constant place of, of being formed into the image of Christ in our lives. And there, there are two types of formation that, that we've talked about. One is the active formation, the, the stuff that it's, it's a little more comfortable for us because we have a little control with it. I control how much I read the Bible. I control how much I, I attend service. I control whether or not I'm in a group or not. I control whether or not I Sabbath. I control whether or not I am uh, participating in the disciplines that are these spiritual disciplines that grow my spiritual life. These are active places of formation. And they, they're wonderful. They're necessary. It, it, is, it is a wonderful thing. But I want you to know that, that it's not just the active formation that transforms us into the image of Christ. There are places, and we call them places of passive formation, not as a, a negative connotation, not like passive aggressive, but these are the times that life goes outside of our control. These are the times that, that the promise of God is not that he authors these times, but he fills them in a way that his image is birthed and shaped into our lives. You say, so you're saying, well, well Josh, does that mean that, that God sends sickness and disease to, to help form his image in us? No, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that he meets us in those moments. And the formation that our lives are desperate for happens despite the plan of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. God steps in and he, he, he meets us in hard times. And so there is perspective that is there for us that is from the perspective of, of passive formation. Like we're in this spot. Hurricane happened. Many of us had homes either completely destroyed or, or, or heavily damaged. And, and so we're in this place where life looks different now. And, and the burden that I have for us is that we do not miss a moment of what God is wanting to do and what he's wanting to say in this time. He's trying to form and say, I'm working my image into you. Do not miss it. Man, I love Pastor Kyle. This last week we were meeting together and we were just talking about, you know, okay, what, what does this look like now? And, and how, how do we meet and step into all the open doors that are there to, to help, you know, rebuild and clean out and all, all these things that are happening. And, and Kyle just goes, I, I don't know what it looks like, but I just don't know. I don't want to go back to what it was. He said, I, I just, I, I, can't, I can't do that. I don't want to go back to, to, to how it was before. God's doing something fresh right now, and I don't want to miss it. And that's the heart, man. Paul was this way, and, and, and the, the language, I'm going to read from Colossians, and he, he's talking about this wrestle that he has, because the burden that I have right now is not just that we respond in a humanitarian way. The burden that I have for you is not just that you apply the principles of God's word so you're less anxious, so you're, you're a nicer person. The burden that I have is that we yield to Jesus that his image is formed in us. Amen. 
You know, the verse before, verse 2 that we read in verse 1, Paul says, I, I, I beseech you, I'm asking you, I'm desperate, I'm pleading for you to present your, God, your bodies to God as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. This living sacrifice. Now, if you're, you know, kind of in the church world, living sacrifice, that sounds, we're kind of used to it. You read the Old Testament and sacrifices are just part of it. If you're not, others would have read this or heard this and said, oh, that does not sound like a fun service. I know a little bit about that and that's not something I am just chomping at the bit to, to experience. Present myself as a living sacrifice. It, it is the place where against our fleshly desires, the image of God is formed in us. Paul said it this way in Colossians chapter 1, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister, according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. Listen to this. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. Christ in you. So this place of saying, Lord, I'm going to yield to you. Yes, I'm doing, I'm going to do the, do the, the right things. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to be in a group. I'm going to Sabbath. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to worship. And, and there is wonderful formation that happens when we do those things. And then there's these places of, of formation that when all hell breaks loose and life looks way different than we thought it would, that we are formed in the image of Christ simply because we're His. It is a, a place of continual yielding. Jesus, I don't get this. Lord, this doesn't look the way that, that I thought it should, and yet I choose to trust you. Would you be formed in me? So I got a little critique last week that as I was showing my little analogy that I had formed an ashtray. <laughs> so I'm trying to make this one a little more like a bowl. <laughs> so my wife wanted to encourage me, so she sent me this wonderful uh, verse about it because whether we're being formed into an ashtray or a bowl, it really doesn't matter. This is what Paul said in 2 Timothy. He says, in a well-furnished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans and compost buckets. <laughs> Anna really sent this to me. Be the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing. So we're going to be a container of the gifts of God as he shapes us into his image. All right, I'll stop messing with the Play-Doh. <laughs> I want to talk to us today about what it is for the image of Christ to be uh, formed in us when it comes to how we interact with other people. 
Because there's a place and there's a perspective that, that we have right now. You know, when the hurricane hit, stepping in and helping, our preferences of who I was around went to the bottom of the list. You know, I, I didn't evaluate when I, when I would go out and work in houses or whatever we were doing, I didn't evaluate who I worked with by whether or not they were people that I liked to hang out with. It went to the bottom of the list. And I want us to grasp that perspective because that is the perspective God is wanting us to see right now. What we don't go back to is living by our preferences in relationship. Where we look and try to filter every relationship around us and every person that we allow into this place of fellowship in our lives as people that I'm comfortable with. Remember, Paul's saying this is a living sacrifice thing. Proverbs says, as iron sharpens iron, so is a friend to a friend. That's a rough process. Iron sharpening iron is not this pleasant, nice, quiet experience. And the perspective that God is wanting us to see right now is that, that as we have stepped into this and as we can see this, and I know, hey, my preferences are at the bottom. What matters is that the work of God comes out of my life. What matters is not is whether or not I, I necessarily get along with the person I'm working with. What matters is what we're doing. Can, can, you, can you see how we, 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 we're getting that? That is perspective that's there. What I don't want us to go back to is, is us to go to this place of, of going like, well, I just want to be in a group that like, you know, that are just people like me. Let me, let me say it really nice. There's no growth in that group for you. There, there's, there's no formation of the image of Christ in you. When we live by our preferences, you know what we, what we do? Unknowingly, we attach God to our preferences. When I'm the center of my world and I'm trying to do this religious thing and I'm trying to do the church thing and, and yet I, I'm still not yielding to his process and I'm living by my preferences, it puts me in a place where I attach my preferences to his. So God must really like people like me. And it keeps me from being able to view difficult people as a gift in my life. It keeps me from, from that iron sharpening iron place where, where I view people the way that Jesus viewed people. And I'm saying this to us because I want you to grasp this is the work. It's not like, I don't want your heart going like, I should feel so bad right now. You don't need to feel bad. This is the work God's doing in us today. We can see it. It's just a place of going like, Lord, I'm going to yield to this. I'm not going to miss this moving forward for the rest of my life. Jesus did this, and, you know, uh, in, in, when we get to, to talking about, like, what sin nature is, Augustine talked about sin as the will of man curved in on itself, that, that sin is this place of, of my, my wants and my desires being at the center of my life. And you know what? You cannot live in the love of God without being in relationship with others. 
you can't. You realize that, that even our, our theology, our doctrine of the Trinity, God is three in one. It speaks to love flowing and being formed and being fulfilled in relationship. He's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Love in relationship and then express for your and my benefit. This is what God does in us. Karl Barth talked about sin as first and foremost, it's seen by broken relationships in which people live for themselves rather for God and others. Jesus said it so plainly in Matthew. It says he called his disciples to himself. This is Matthew 20, 25. And he said, you know, the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, th this, is, this is the image of God that is being formed in us. This place of relationship where we don't walk into a room and say, here I am, but we walk into a room and say, there you are. This place that we don't get in a group and we don't do the church thing and we don't make sure that our life just is surrounded and filled with people that look like us and sound like us. But we allow God to grow us in his image by responding and seeing people as gifts that form the image of Christ in us. And listen, it's messy. Can we just acknowledge that? If you're, if you're in a family relationship, it's messy. My parents can tell you all kinds of things about that. It's messy. You're going to have to go through some mess. But if we'll yield to it, God takes us and he, and he forms us into the image of Christ. I, I want us to see a couple of things from, from the life of Jesus and really from the, the culmination of Jesus. Because this is what's happening. This is what I see happening in your hearts, in our hearts, as we, we are on the backside of this storm where, where God is giving us this perspective. This is what I see. Jesus lived it. And here, here's our confidence. If Jesus lived it, we can't do it by ourselves. But because Jesus did, we can. Because Jesus did, we can. And so Jesus is, he did this, so I can. The first thing I want us to see is I can be present with people. I can choose to be around people. You know that isolation gets us to, to bad places in life. And yet it, it re requires a step outside of comfort sometimes to choose to not to isolate, especially in hard times. My, my pattern when I'm, I'm frustrated and, and, and I get in these in difficult places is, is I usually will try to withdraw. That's my preference. Let me say it this way. That's my preference that fights the image of God in me. When God meets us in these moments, he, he, he shows us that he's present in hard times. The culmination of his life, John chapter 13 is Jesus at the Last Supper speaking with his disciples. And we read that and we're just like, yeah, it's the Last Supper. Of course he's with his disciples. I want you to think about this. How do you handle trepidation? 
How do you handle like coming up on a hard thing when you know it's in front of you? I, like I remember I was in junior high one time and I, all I could hear was all my friends got to watch movies I didn't get, get to watch. And so I was so frustrated by that. They were talking about all these movies. And, and so I was at a friend's house and I saw that he had a bunch of them. And I'm like, hey, let me, let me get some of those. And, and so I, I took a bunch of them home and, and I would wait till everybody went to bed and then I'd watch these movies. And I thought I was getting away with it, but I made a huge mistake because I included my brother in it. <laughs> and, and I just went on. Like, I, I, I've been a guy that, that, like, I'm kind of a night owl. I, don't, I, can, I can go on, you know, low sleep for a little while, but my brother's not that way. So my parents kept noticing. We'd get up in the mornings, and he would just be a wreck and just be a mess. And so all that to say, it culminated in this moment where I came home, went in my room, and laid out on my bed were all the movies that I thought I had hidden so well. And then, because my dad dips into a little bit of torture, he just let me wait all day before we talked about it. So all I knew is that he found them and they were laid out on my bed and that, that, it, that something bad was coming. I was in trouble and he just let me sit in it for a long time. We don't do great when we know that, that hard times are in front of us. I, I want you to think about this. Scripture tells us that before the foundation of the world, Jesus knew that he was going to die with your sin and my sin on himself. He knew that this moment was ahead of him. And that built to this moment. And you know what he did in this moment? He chose to be present with his disciples. In the hardest moments that he was going to experience, he chose to be present, even to the point of going to the Garden of Gethsemane where he's praying and he's asking God that this cup would be passed from him, sweating drops of blood. He didn't do so alone. He asked his disciples to go with him. He was present with them. That's what I see. I see see us as the people of God choosing to be present with each other past our preferences, past our comfort. We got perspective here that God's doing something bigger through us. I don't want us to miss that perspective. The second thing that I see is that, that Jesus met practical needs. John 13 continues in verse 4. It says, He got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around them. Jesus is washing real dirt off of real feet. Like this wasn't just an analogy. He he didn't gather them up and say, Hey guys, listen, I'm going to have millions of followers in the years to come. And I want to give them a picture of what it is to serve one another. All right, so I need you guys to wash really well. He, he, he didn't do that. He, he surprises them and he steps in. And, and I want us to see it from both places because uh, for a, a lot of situations and a lot of times, it, we're, we're way more comfortable with washing other people's feet than others washing ours. And, and listen, we're called to both places. 
Right now, you, you may be in a place where you, you've had to have people in your home that, that are uh, helping cut sheetrock and carry your furniture out, and, and, and it's like everything that was your, your sanctuary has now been invaded, and, and you're just stuck in this place. You know what that is? You, your feet are being washed. God's given us perspective that, that this isn't just an analogy. We are to practically help each other. We're to practically meet needs. You know what else we're to practically, practically do? We're, we're to be honest with each other. You know what washing feet looks like sometimes in my house? It looks like walking in and every OCD part of me of wanting things in order and wanting things together and just a little clean, walking in and, and seeing none of that happening. And wanting to respond and, and really, and then the Lord just rises up on the inside and says, it doesn't matter. This isn't about your preferences. Your kids don't need you to lecture them. They need you to love them. What, what, what is happening? The image of Jesus Christ is being formed in us. And it's in those places that are not comfortable, that we don't necessarily like, but this is what he's called us to. Can you see it? Can you get that perspective that God is giving us in this time? The last thing that I want us to see from, from this moment with Jesus that we're not going to go back to living without this perspective. Jesus does something with Peter, and, and he, he knows Peter's failure that's ahead of him. He knows the mess that Peter's about to make of this situation. I mean, even to the point where, where he has to be so blatantly honest with Peter. <laughs> like, Peter, Peter says, like, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to die for you. Image of Christ, here I am. It's formed. God, I can be a martyr just like you. I'm ready. Now, I'm not mocking Peter. We all think that. We all get in places where we're like, yeah, this is it. Lord, you have done a great job with me. <laughs> so Peter, but Peter's in that moment, and he, he is about to meet, he's about to come face to face with his greatest failure. You know what Jesus says to him? He says, Peter, Satan's de desired to sift you as wheat. He's desired to put you, sifting is such a rough process. And really what, what, what that process was, the dividing, the sifting of wheat, it, it was so rough to, to get to, to the necessary grains that they were after. It was such a rough process that it took those seeds and what it did is it, it only brought them down to, to one use. They lost the, repro the, the, the reproductive place of that seed. So when Jesus says, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat, he's saying, Satan has desired to take any future that you thought you had away from you. Any thought that you had that there was any work in me that was worth multiplying, he, he's trying to take that away from you. Right before his biggest failure, Jesus says, he's desired to sift you like wheat, but, but I've prayed for you. And he says, so when you've returned, strengthen your brothers. 
See, there, there is encouragement that, that, that God purposes through the image of Christ being formed in us in hard times. There is encouragement. Like, you, you may be in a place right now where you're like, man, life has never felt like this. I've never known what it is to not know what my next step is. I don't know where I'm going to find housing. I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know. All, all of those things are in front of so many right now. And what I want you to hear is God is saying, I have hope that I'm breathing into you. And I'm not only breathing it into you, but I'm breathing, breathing it through you. This is the hope of what it is to know Jesus. This is the hope of, of knowing like he alone gets the last word of my life. He alone gets to have the final say with my future. And, and I love that, that he did this with Peter. Before the biggest failure of his life, Jesus says, hey, I've prayed for you. And so when you've returned, strengthen your brothers. When you've returned, I, like I'm working through this, you may just see it as a failure. You may just see it as like an impossibility, but I'm just working through it. And so when you've returned, strengthen those around you. It's not self-help. It's not Christian Buddhism. I'm not working in you just to be a better person. I'm working in you so that my life flows through you. That's what he's doing right now. That's the perspective that he's given us right now. That's the place that he's saying, listen, I, 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 I walk this out so that you could be filled with the same spirit. I chose to be present in the worst of circumstances. Not to isolate, not to surround myself with people that I was comfortable with. He washed real dirt off her real feet. And then he spoke past the greatest failure of Peter's life. He's doing that today. Will you bow your heads? Close your eyes with me. As we say every week, just take a moment. Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? What does yielding to your process look like? What does it look like to be formed into the image of Christ? Lord, I pray for every single one in the room, those online. God, I pray that the same way Peter had hope, and maybe he couldn't even see it when you said it, but Lord, hope filled him and he knew that his future was good because you were writing it. God, I pray that that same faith would fill every heart. Lord, every single one online, Lord, everyone at the sound of my voice, I pray that they would know that when you write your future, you get the last word. That when you write our future and our lives are in your hands, 
you get the last word. And so, Lord, we say thank you. Thank you that you take the, the worst moments and you fill them as only you can. And so, Lord, we say here we are. We present ourselves as a living sacrifice. Not to be conformed to this world, to be, but be, to be transformed. Lord, renew our minds today, God, that we would live from the image of Christ, that we'd live from what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, would you breathe life? Would you breathe hope today? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information or would like to connect with us, visit us at oceanchurch.com. We love you and hope you join us soon online or at one of our campuses located in Southwest Florida.